Muchachos y muchachas, ¿cómo están? My name is Benjamin El Chongo Cholak, executive producer of Princeton University, and I welcome you heartily to episode 156 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. Dolts and dopes alike. Dolts, dopes, dopets. Yep. Uh, dunces. <laughs> Morons, Nimrods. You should start a band called Ben Sholak and the uh, Dunsets. <laughs> Dunsets. Yeah. The Dunsets. The Dunset Dancers. It's you, yeah. It's you. You have three backup singers, and they're just dummies. <laughs> really dumb. Yeah. Like, that's why you name it. They, and they don't even get that the straight, name is straight fun of them. bimbos. Yeah. Just dummies. <laughs> yeah. And they back you, but they back you up. But they have angelic they voices. They can harmonize like no one's business. Yeah. You have no idea how they do it. And they're like, what's harmonize? <laughs> That's, yeah, they don't they, even. They all talk like that when they're not singing. They sing like angels, but but when they're talking normally, they like talk like this. Well, it's funny how many uh, like like guitar versions of that there are. There are. And, hi, my name's Pat. So there are. Oh, yeah, this a is lot Pat. Of, this is the co-host. There's a lot of people who just fucking shred on guitar, and it's like holy shit! Like you're you're really good at that. Like. Yeah, it's really cool. You know how to do that. And they're like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, yeah, I just like I can't read music. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm I just fucking around. I can't explain how I do this. I just do it. Yeah, <laughs> I have an, an innate God-given talent. <laughs> and if you give me sheet music to read, I will freak the fuck out. <laughs> I asked my brother. My brother can't read music, and uh, I can. And so I asked him if it tears him up inside. How does he not know how to read? Like, I think he, even I kind of know how to read music. You just never like what does he? What does that mean? Not knowing how to read. It music? means you can't look at like a sheet music and just play it. Well, I guess I can't do that, but I also good. I'm not good at <laughs> music. Is an alien planet to me. Yeah, it really is something. <laughs> it's, it's it's like a woman's body to me. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just like I don't get it. I just don't understand. <laughs> don't understand. I'm frightened. But it, folks, <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. Hello. Just just real quick to catch up any new people. This is okay. a philosophy podcast where I teach Pat philosophy it was his idea and now he hates it <laughs> regrets it eternally it's been uh <laughs> it's been 156 episodes it, it, a, a big regret in what is really just a, a just a lifetime of regrets at this point yeah <laughs> broadcasting live now from the closet in the master bedroom yep in the math yes the master bedroom <laughs> the master of bedroom. stately dean manor <laughs> featuring jy cotton yeah featuring yeah um i make a guest appearance every once in a while folks hello and welcome um, but yeah, I don't know how uh, people like have that innate talent to just fuck around and have, I, or, or unless it's the heroin. Well, no, you can just play. Like, there's the point is that like with guitarists, like a lot of them don't really know anything about like they can't explain music or anything. They can just be like fret seven to fret nine, hammer on, and you're like, all right. You, so you so you just you just were never curious what notes those were. It just, yeah, you just, you never. <laughs> this sounds good, and then this sounds good. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's literally fun. playing by ear yeah it's just funny it's like just, yeah you, you had you, you just know just not here not in the slightest 
Well, I mean, I guess that's like a very much a right brain sort of thing, even though that 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 theory has sort of been debunked. What's well, also the thing about you don't even have to really know how to read music if you, if you're good by ear, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's what's kind of Ben. That's what's kind of magical about music, <laughs> is that there's no right way to do it. Really, it's magical. It's almost it's like the closest thing that we have to magic on this earth. Well, shit, boy. Yeah. <laughs> how, so what? So you're gonna teach me about? I'm gonna teach you philosophy. philosophy this one's this one's sensibly an exciting one for me. I think it's gonna be. <laughs> You're gonna probably be infuriated by it, but we're gonna talk about the uh, the the contemporary like landscape of uh, academic philosophy right now. There's a battle going on. What? It's a battle royale for the soul of philosophy? for the soul of philosophy. Holy shit! <laughs> Not really, but like ki- which, kind of. Which one's the Sith? Um, oh man, that's a good question. Um, well, let me introduce the topic real quick, and then we can like circle back to that one thing that's kind of funny about the sith though uh-huh. is that like they're just evil there's no <laughs> shades of gray to them at all well then i don't think the 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 analogy applies here yeah there's um, because there's no like there's just clearly a right and wrong side yeah in the star wars universe. <laughs> both sides would be like well what do you mean by right and wrong well well here's what i mean <laughs> and is how that... does how does the subject interplay with the other in in this in this dialectic well, well this is what i mean <laughs> it seems like when people join your side they transform physically into something evil my, and scary looking, my side and their voices change so that, that's the sith so it's like they're clearly the wrong side am i the sith of this relationship of this podcast you absolutely <laughs> Darth Cholock, the worst. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Darth Cholock. Yeah, and that I'm... actually sounds like a legit Star Wars name. Darth Cholock. It yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. It has a K in it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> That's spacey. I would be. I guess I, I'd be like your Padawan. Yeah. I'm your dark Padawan. <laughs> Ugh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm teaching you the ways of the Sith. God, that sucks. Um, you can't. Yeah. Mm, not good. Well, there is kind of there is this eternal battle right now. This, you, this you, is just a division in philosophy that's going on right now. In, now you in go. academia, you're saying this in happens? academic philosophy for the but most not part. like the yeah. street philosophers like not you and me. S- not street philosophers. No ben street philosophy. Street philosophers. <laughs> street philosophy is a lot more freewheeling. I I guess we're kind of like cowboy philosophers. <laughs> That's me and Ben, the cowboy philosophers. The cowboy philosophers, friends. Welcome (laughs) to the yeehaw, friends. I'd rather be a gangster philosopher. A gangster philosopher. I'm like a street gangster philosopher. Okay, but you could be the cowboy. (laughs) Then we team up. (laughs) I'm a gangster too, but I'm 1920s gangster. So I'm like, man. All right, I'm like Marlowe, basically. Okay. (laughs) The Marlowe of philosophy. Sure. Um, well, yeah. So today I want to introduce you to basically it's kind of like a, a status update. Of the whole of the whole endeavor, what we're doing with philosophy, academically speaking, um, there are two camps right now. All right, and they are it's Sean. An, what? Sean? No, not Sean. <laughs> May he rest in peace. R.I.P. Sean Camp. <laughs> R.I.P. Sean Camp. And <laughs> all you camp heads out there. Fuck all the camp heads. Um, no, this is uh, basically the battle between. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. You that guy always sues people. Really? For saying that? Are yeah, we going to get sued now? Well, no, probably not. But he uh, he sued Redman. Why? Because Redman said on, just... one of his, on one of his songs, let's get ready to rumble. Like, he has that copyright like crazy. It's kind of funny. Oh, weird. Yeah. And it just goes after people for yes. using it? <laughs> he is I didn't very... know that guy's so litigious. He's like it's... a pit bull. <laughs> that's so weird. When that's, that's all he has. I guess so, yeah. If that's all you had? Like I would if if all I knew how to do was like play a fiddle, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would put a lot of insurance on that fucking fiddle. 
I guess so. It's yeah, the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> and there's not a big, you know, demand for fiddlers these days. It seems. Didn't it, do you remember the? I don't know if this is a rumor or not, but didn't like J Lo like insure her ass? Um, or like, I, yeah. or like her recording company did, or I something think, like that. I, yeah, I think <laughs> they like insured her real. ass. I think that's actually a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she specifically did, but that is a thing that people do. People can you can insure body parts. Yeah, if you're known for them, which is so funny to put like a price on it. Yeah. Well, ben, yeah, that's why Ben and I have our brains insured. That's what we're known for. Yeah. Our big our ass brains, brains are insured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for for about twenty five bucks. Yeah, twenty five bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not good. Um, no, so today we're talking about the uh, the battle between analytic philosophy and continental philosophy. Oh, my. <laughs> Doesn't that sound fucking fun? Yeah, it sounds so much fun. <laughs> God, this is really going to be not This cool. is going to hurt, dude. <laughs> we're in my house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in your closet. In my closet, yeah. Um, so I was while I was like planning this episode, I realized that this is probably going to have to be t- a two-parter. And uh, in at the end end of the second episode uh you're gonna chime in with who do you think you align with more okay i think i know who you will align with more but i want you to write I, it down I, on a piece of paper and then we'll do a big reveal okay all right fine i think that'd be very cool and dramatic i'll write it down i, I can write it i, I know it already I, I know you're gonna pick the side i think well there's a i believe a pen next to you if you want to write it down for the big reveal well all right, fine. Do it later, I guess. Well, I'll do it. I'll do it in a sec here. Um, but uh, yeah, analytic versus continental philosophy. Um, this is basically the state of academic philosophy right now. It's like these. This is they're they're not really like schools of thought exactly. They're more just like meth methodical differences in how they do philosophy. Um, that's like the main difference. So it's not even like they disagree content wise. <laughs> they just disagree with how you get there, how so how you practice it's, it's philosophy. It's sort of like a Catholic Protestant thing. I guess so. Yeah, that would be a good a good uh, analogy. I Thanks, think. dude. Yeah, that means a lot to hear you say that. <laughs> that actually is a good analogy. I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm, dude, in high school, I was. They called me the uh, analogizer. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I, I used to call you that. The perfect analogy for every single situation, every single time. Like, some, like a, what I would well, do, except for the one earlier where you compared it to the Sith, and then they're like, "Oh wait, they're just absolutely evil." No, so that's like... my point. Is that in the Star Wars universe, it's just funny that like the one side is clearly the bad side, and yeah. the other side isn't. Yeah, that, I mean that was a point. Yeah, but yeah, the Sith are no good, Ben. Down with the Sith. I say fuck the Sith and fuck the system. Uh, fuck you, frankly, Ben. Fuck you. Well, fuck you. <laughs> How about that? My dad wants me to take like some episodes and edit them down because he think it'd be a good idea to like pitch the podcast that way or something. I don't know to who, but he's like, yeah, just edit it down so it's like a little shorter and and get rid of all the all the cuss words. Your, he's your still on this crusade against against. Your dad has such a funny. Uh, I guess he's like life. he's yeah. like I love the podcast, but like there's too much profanity. Well, and he's like, well, fuck, dad. I don't sorry. know. Sorry, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Mr. Cholock. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I have Tourette syndrome. It's a disease that has uh, impacted my life in a. a yeah, he's uh, being, kind of, he's being uh, kind of ableist. Probably, I guess, a hundred percent negatively. <laughs> I can't think of one positive thing that ever came of it, and so I guess the one positive that came of it is my ability to curse and not get in trouble for it. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one perk. So, Mr. Cholock, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes uh, a gal's got to say what a gal's got to say, and sometimes it's the f word. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's time to say the f word. Sometimes you just. 
look, there comes a time in every man's life, and this is to me when you become a man, when you start saying the F word on a regular basis. <laughs> You can divide your life into a, a pre and post F word. What's funny is that, yeah, there is kind of like a, I think a generational cutoff where like, I think like maybe Gen Xers forward are like, well, you could just curse all the time. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because all the <laughs> like, people in charge now don't care. Cause yeah, like, they don't care. Like the last few jobs, I, I like cursed in front of my boss, like casually. Oh, no. And he didn't get in trouble. Did and he, he, slap, would curse. he slap you in the <laughs> yeah, fucking face? Yeah, he slapped me. He threw a book at me, actually. <laughs> No, no, no. They like they don't care. No one cares anymore. Yeah, no one really cares. Yeah, except when you meet someone who does, then it's like yeah, the biggest deal in the but world. But my my dad's of the generation where he he still says the f word, but he kind of like whispers it. Okay, so <laughs> from know? now on, every time we say fuck, we'll just whisper it. We'll like whisper, that. yeah. Well. And I was talking to the fucking guy, the and it was guy. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, man. Let's see how let's see how long we can go without. I mean, I could do. I mean, I could do this podcast without cursing. I just really like could cursing. you. I could. I don't know. I almost want to bet. Do you want to bet from here on out? Yeah. I don't curse once. Yeah, I do. Sure. What do you want to bet? I'll, I'll give bucks. you 20, 10 bucks. 20 bucks. Right. 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Yep. Okay. Starting right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so um, analytical and continental philosophy, they're, they're, they're not exactly fighting even, actually. So spoiler alert. So it's not it's even. It's not even like a huge battle. Well, no, there was a time like in the 60s when they did fight. <laughs> In the sixties, they fought. <laughs> what, like, like they had like sixties and seventies. Yeah, fist fights, like street brawls. It was crazy. Let me ask you this: like, No, were, no, no, not were, really. Did philosophers at one point was it like kind of like a tough, manly thing to be a philosopher, like back in the day? Well, no, not like. Well, I guess what I'm asking like, is maybe not manly, there, but like gentlemanly. Has there ever been a point in time where people were like? We don't mess with philosophers, dude. Like they will, like like they'll they're crazy. Kind of like. Never. Hmm. I mean, like, there's always been some point. I mean, like, not anymore. I think, like, since modern times, I guess you could say, uh, philosophers aren't, like, you know, fucked with yeah. anymore. Not really. Because they're just, like, writing stuff. <laughs> Coming up with I'm ideas. Saying, like... But back in the day, like, Socrates was fucking murdered. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he was just so annoying. <laughs> kind of, he just annoyed everyone. He I knew. mean, he had he had very good points, and he was getting at something very important. Okay, but here's the deal. But he was like he went about it the most obnoxious yeah, that's way the possible. Thing. I always have I've known. Dudes he wasn't like as this. bad as Diogenes though. Diogenes I've known fucking dudes ruled. like this my whole life, where it's like they have to be like, well, technically, I'm actually right, and you go like, well, no, like here's why you're wrong, blah 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 blah, and okay. then like an hour later, they come back and they're like. Actually, here's why I was actually right. And you're like, okay. And they go through it and they actually explain to you. And they explain <laughs> to you that technically they're yeah. actually correct. Yeah. Like it's not the answer that you were actually asking for or looking for, but they're actually correct. And I, every time that's happened to me, not that happens a lot, but when like it does happen to me, I just think to myself like – how long did it take you to do this when you could have been doing literally anything else? Well, they're probably going for their PhD. Right? What? It's probably, they're probably going for their PhD. No, these yeah. are people that I've just known who are just like idiots, not PhD heads. <laughs> the footers. Well, they have the spirit. They have the spark of a philosopher. They've those got people. the touch. They've got the touch, yeah. Yeah, they've got the power. <laughs> it just reminded me of this stupid, stupid... Um, like clickhole article, like little blurb. You remember clickhole? Of course. Yeah, and uh, it, <laughs> it's just this little blurb that says, like Stanley Tucci reportedly answering his phone with, "quote You got the Tucci." <laughs> that is so good. You got the Tucci. You got, got the, the Tucci. 
Hey, you've got the tooch. Leave my, a message after the beat. My fav- <laughs> one of my favorite Seinfeld jokes is, is that Answer the Machine one where George, for some reason, record, like records like a parody version of the song where it's, yeah. believe it or not, George isn't, isn't at, at home. home. Please, Please leave a, a message, message at the beep. beep. It's, look, so the thing that's one of my favorite jokes ever on that show is he's trying to avoid his girlfriend. His girlfriend's going to break up with him. Yeah, she's right. Like, he's, he's like, I just won't see her. Yeah. And so she like calls and leaves a message and <laughs> first of all they play the entire this is the second time you hear the song the episode uh-huh. in like the span of like a minute yeah and so they play the whole thing again twice <laughs> so it's so funny and george is like really clearly into this yeah and to the point where the lady she goes george i know you're there I hate that stupid message. And then she starts talking again. Uh-huh. But when she goes, I hate that stupid message, he looks down like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like he I spreads remember. his like, he's hands like, open. What like, the fuck? Yeah. He's like, like so offended. He, 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 <laughs> like, it this... never occurred to him that someone would not like that. <laughs> oh, every, exactly everyone will find this as amusing as I do. <laughs> Yep, that's a certainty. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, the thing about, so confident. About I knew it. people and like, and I would do this too in high school. We would have like dumb messages, like like yeah. voicemail message things. Sometimes my mine would be Space Ghost quotes. I would just like record uh-huh. Space Ghost coast to coast, and I would just like play. And so one of yeah. them was Space Ghost saying, "Do you uh, think I'd get more business or less business if I?" If I started making ceramic cups that said Mr. Beefy and then beep and then you had to like leave a message or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I remember that stuff one. Stuff like that ruled, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, What's your message machine now? Maybe we should get back to doing that. Oh, mine's just like the default. It's like you've reached this number. Leave you you don't even say your beautiful name? No. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I just haven't set it up. Unleash the beast. It's just I, I never like it, I thought about it. It's just... <laughs> I guess yeah. All right, fine. I'll record. I'll record a nice message. Mine is there's there's like really soft jazz music in the background, and I go, "Hey there, Daddy O." No, it's it. not because I've gotten your voicemail cool before. Chicks. Hey there, leave a message unless you're yours square, Daddy O. Here's is just you reach Pat Dean. Leave a message. Yep, it's just everything you need to know. Yeah. It's Pat. I'm not here. Hey, you know what? I'm going to change it to you know what to do. <laughs> My old boss had that message machine. It was hey hey. Spencer, you know what to do. And I was like, what? That, you were like, that guy is so cool. Yeah, I was, I was like, this guy like, rules. This guy fucking rules. I was like, I will follow this man until the it's uh, battle. Yeah, the battle. Into the gates of hell. Me and Spencer. Right. Purely based on his message machine. Okay, so bitch, speaking of yes. the gates of hell. Okay. All right, we're staring into the maw. Can I say that word? Hell? Yeah. If you're referring to the actual, the actual place, place. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, as a noun, we'll we'll call. It, we've got we, there's some ground rules that we can go through. Okay. Um, but uh, so this this part part one, I think, uh, of part this fun. part fun of this epic That's battle. What we call it. Um, we're talking about. We're gonna go through analytic philosophy and what makes it so unique. Um, uh, now, it's probably so freaking unique. <laughs> it's like really unique, bro. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we're going to run through a bit of history here. So analytical philosophy basically started as a response to British idealism, which was like what was being taught at British universities at the time. This is like at the turn of the century or like the late 1800s, like the 1890s. This ain't your, this ain't your daddy's philosophy. Kind of. That's kind of how they came up with it. <laughs> like the, it definitely had that attitude. So the, the, there are three guys involved with it, people who you've already been acquainted with. Okay. Uh, my dad <laughs> no. and Jim S., and who else? There's three. Oh, um, 
he was the mystery man. No one knew his name. <laughs> okay, yeah, he was, he was, Mr. He was Mr. Nobody. The, Mr. Nobody, the yeah. mysterious philosopher. He was the most mysterious <laughs> philosopher ever lived. No one ever knew his real name. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, it's the triumvirate of, of uh, analytical philosophy. These are the guys who basically are credited with like kind of founding this Freud? branch. No, not Freud. Okay. Um, um, he'd be more on the other side. Hans Kruger. The villain from Die Hard? <laughs> he was, you know, he had some pretty interesting points. He was German. He was, <laughs> yeah. very much so. There are a lot of, lot of uh, German philosophers out there. No, this uh, was our boy Dick Swingin, Bertrand Russell. Really? Yeah. He, he was like a main proponent of this. He kind of is like the godfather. Wow. He's like the godfather of analytical philosophy, I'd say. Okay. Um, there's of getting it wet. Yeah, his consigliere, G.E. Moore. He's a, a pal of his. They kind of like kind of went in onto into this project together, um, and our third guy, fucking wild card, and what? my man, Wittgenstein. Really? Yeah. So those are the three people who like are credited with founding, or, or you know spearheading the movement called analytical you. philosophy. So how close are these guys' is philosophy to one another? Um, they're kind of all over the place. I would say Bertrand Russell and G.E. Moore were basically aligned. They didn't really disagree with each other. And Wittgenstein was all over the place. He was sort of like, uh, like an acolyte of Bertrand Russell for a while. Okay. And accepted his, uh, views on like these things, these, these, um, schools of thought called, um, uh, logical positivism, logical atomism, um, ordinary language philosophy. Um, there are like these different kind of schools within within the movement of uh, of analytical philosophy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which one do you want to hear about first? <laughs> you know what? Do you remember uh, what they were? Dealer's choice. <laughs> well, okay. Um, but yeah, so Wittgenstein was all over the place. He kind of started like al allied primarily with Bertrand Russell, and then he uh, eventually <laughs> like forged his own path let's say whoa to a point where he like was calling bertrand russell an idiot oh he's one of those dudes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we talked about him the at length has become the master. kind of yeah he surpassed gra grasshopper is we now the master yeah we talked about yeah there's two episodes devoted to to wittgenstein which bad doesn't remember absolutely it's so remember. funny you really learn nothing <laughs> i mean i feel like i learn in the I moment guess i must be an awful teacher you're not good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not very good. Yeah, no, you're not good. <laughs> but Ben, in this wacky mixed-up world we live in, yeah, who is? I don't know. I'll tell you what's good. That new series Sandman on Netflix. I think oh, yeah. if you like to watch TV, you should watch it. Yes. All right. Pat's recommendations. Well, also, <laughs> what's funny segment. about the Sandman is that, like, I guess there's people online who are like, oh, they're like pushing some woke narrative or whatever, and like. And what's so funny about that is that this is based on a comic book from 1989, where like yeah. they kind of already ha had all that. Like they always had, yeah. One of the they always had non-binary people. They always had Neil Gaiman was pretty was very yeah was and is very progressive. And at the time he was like yeah like them yeah. that was progressive. So yeah, like it was <laughs> it was already like that. That's from yeah. the source material. Yeah, people I people are the worst. There's some. Have you seen Prey? No. Oh, okay. So it's like a it's like a prequel for Predator. Oh, really? Yeah, it's actually fucking tight. It just came out. It's on Hulu. But it's like uh it's Hulu. about a predator going like to hunt on Earth, but this is but it's takes place back in like the 1600s. He lands in like somewhere in North America. Okay. And he's like terrorizing like French fur trappers and like a Comanche tribe. Like and oh, is trying cool. to like hunt oh, them. So they have to fight them with So like, they have their to own fight them with their own technology. Yeah. Whoa. So and the main the main 
character, the protagonist, is um, uh, Naru, who's played by I can't remember her name, something Mid Thunder. Uh, but she's like actually, yeah, she's actually like a Native American. Well, I hope so because if you're gonna yeah. call yourself that, it turns out you're not like that crying Indian. Then like, there's gonna be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this gets what around. What hide in plain sight? All of all of the 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 Native American like characters are are cast by Native Americans, and actually they they did they filmed this is really interesting. They filmed two versions of the movie, what? Uh, one where it's in English and one where it's in actual Comanche. Oh, that's but interesting. The, yeah, it's actually really tight. So, like, well, whenever, like... Really? Whenever, like, this version... In this version, whenever, like, the Native Americans are talking to each other, they're speaking Comanche to each other, and it's subtitled. It's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, the cast had to learn Comanche for their Yeah, well, I wonder how, how many of them actually Some of do them. It. I don't know. I don't know how many. But, anyway... Of course, there's like a huge backlash <laughs> because they're like, they're like, why is like, why, why does it have to be a Native American person? You know, like the the or the original was better. You know, these like racist assholes who attach themselves to like every fan canon. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're all pissed off that it's like takes place in like, you know, pre United States North America. Well, who else is it gonna be then? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's like they were Vikings here for like two weeks. Like the odds of them overlapping are not. Big. Yeah, <laughs> come on. But it's crazy. Like well, look, that idea. And of, it was actually awesome. It's an awesome idea. The idea of like, well, why does it have to be a Native American? Well, it doesn't, but it is. Like it is. It just is. Like it. that's okay. That's what, the, that's what the story is. If he landed around that time, that's who he would be dealing with. The, the but predator. even if it was in modern day, and someone, even if it was in modern day, and, it, and the main character was Native American, and somebody was like mad about that, yeah, it doesn't like, have to so be Native American, but it is. So it just, just is. Just enjoy what. Just try to enjoy things. <laughs> do you have air conditioning? Then what? stop yelling on the internet. <laughs> you should. Do you understand how what our ancestors would think? Why are they so, so mad? <laughs> they live in climate-controlled <laughs> homes. Why <laughs> is is anyone upset about anything? That's like the. <laughs> That's the best fucking response. Do you have air conditioning? Yes. Then stop screaming on the internet. It's ridiculous. <laughs> fucking take a nap. Calm down. It, you feel so much better when you're off social media, man. You yeah. You feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. It feels good, actually. So watch The Sandman. And, and tell him Pat Dean sent you. Yeah, and watch Prey on Hulu if you have Hulu. Yes. So those are our recommendations. Let's get back to philosophy. Oh, man. <laughs> we this have to again. do this. Yes. Okay. So... Again, analytical philosophy was a response to British idealism, which is like mostly taking its cue from Hegel. Okay, where he's like, it's a very kind of like very strong form of idealism, where like you know concepts are are in, are instantiate. So like things, no things that you like encounter are are just instantiations of some sort of like metaphysical ideal that exists transcendently. Okay, you gotta say that again. <laughs> The basic thrust of like idealism, Gross. especially. <laughs> ben, I mean, you kind of kicked open your, you kind of kicked your knees That's open a little man, bit. Manspread when I said you that. Man when you the, the word thrust. thrust. I mean, that was really not okay. <laughs> so okay, let me get to this point. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll go slow because I know that I used a lot. I mean, words that are you? never used in casual conversation. Well, no, they're not. That's so funny. This is what's funny about 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 philosophy is, is you get you have to be precise in your terms, which is a major characteristic of analytical philosophy. But we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Now, what I said was the main thrust of uh. <laughs> move my chair forward. The main thrust of German idealism and idealism in general, which is a tradition that goes all the way back to Plato in some forms. Okay, is basically that. 
everything that you encounter in your in your life, you know, it, you know, in your consciousness, everything that you encounter, like you know, physical objects, uh, actions, events, the rad uh, and the unrad, the rad and the unrad, they're all just physical instantiations of uh, a tri- transcendent ideal. So, like, you see a red apple; it's red because it's like being governed somehow by the the idea of redness and redness is like a component of like the metaphysical reality of the metaphysical universe think about this though okay what if that red <laughs> apple like to you you see it as red but it's actually blue to me you know what i mean think about that philosophy okay so that's that is a, like a, a huge like issue I feel like it's not a huge we, th- that deserves its own episode actually because that that I know I was making fun of that idea. Well, I know, but it's actually still a a, a, a problem, oh, a, par- a paradox. You've done it again. A paradox that's still taken seriously in some in some ways, especially in philosophy of mind, of like how can you really know that someone is is, is the, their experience of red? Is it like really the same thing that we experience? Like they could be experience what we experience as blue, but they're calling it red. Yes. But they do it consistently where it matches up to our language. That's like, yeah, that problem is tackled by a lot of philosophers still. That's actually what um, the, the what's it called, uh, thought experiment of the beetle in the box, which is an episode we did a few a few what's in the box? months ago. Yeah, what's in the oh, box? Oh, it's a beetle. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's, it's, what, it's, it's what I call a beetle. It's a beetle. Um, oh, right. But what if it's what you call a beetle is what I call Brad Pitt's wife's head? <laughs> well, that's Paltrow, the thing. Is that, that like Paltrow, right? then? That's what that's then you're not calling that a beetle. So your beetle is something else other than that. Yeah. So right. yeah, but you use it in the way that I use beetle in our language. <laughs> All right. Look, I never thought I'd say this. Back to the analytical philosophy, please. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, man, this is the fun part. So. Analytical oh, this philosophy. Is yeah, this is the fun part. Good. This I'm is waiting. great. I'm having a great time. I don't know about you. Analytical philosophy, this movement that was basically spearheaded by Bertrand Russell, G. E. Moore, and Ludwig Wittgenstein, they took. They basically reacted against. They were the bad boys of Cambridge. Oh of Cambridge. no! They're the bad boys of Cambridge University philosophy department. Oh, because <laughs> they were like Did being they call t- themselves that. No, no, no. I don't think so. Because what if they... Did? They were too old f- to, for that anyway. Like, by the time they really kind of instantiated this program, they were, like, probably in their 40s So when you they can, first started. You can still make friends when you're 40. I'm hoping. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> but they weren't making friends. They were making enemies. Really? Um, yeah, because they're the bad boys. They're the bad boys of oh, Cambridge right. University. So, like, what, what here's, do you do? Here's what's going on. So the dominant philosophy that's being taught in British universities at at this time, this is pro- let's let's call this like the 1890s, okay, was heavily influenced by Hegelianism. You know, we did an episode on on uh, G. W. F. Hegel, George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. <laughs> this is the most German fucking sounding name. Hi, my name is German. It's actually German. Georg. Georg. <laughs> Georg Heinrich. <laughs> His name's Georg? Friedrich, yeah. I've never that's, heard that name. That's how you pronounce George in German. Did you know that? No! I've never met anyone Georg. named Georg. I have. Georg? Georg, yeah. Hi, welcome to Georg. 
Oh, welcome to gay, gay organization. Yeah, it's a gay organization. <laughs> I don't know what they make, but <laughs> it's probably pretty interesting. So anyway, um, it's all heavily influenced from from Hegel, who was like the like peak fucking German idealist. Okay, he, he wrote it around. Like the early part of the 19th century. Like, what do you mean by peak German idealism? He was like the he he basically is like the mascot of German idealism, which is like his basic his basic like man. How do I summarize Hegel in like a well, minute? How could you have an angle? Well, because this Hegel. guy wrote like a ton, and it was extremely abstract. He's talking about like he's an abstract daddy. He's an abstract daddy. He's talking about like no I'm an abstract daddy yeah. with something to prove. He's talking about like object versus subject, um, like you know dialect predicate, pre- <laughs> well predicate gerunds. The, the uh, what's it called? Uh, the thesis, antithesis, and synthesis dialectic is something that he came up with. So That was him? <laughs> shut up, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That was him. That was Hegel. Basically, that, that theory is kind of like this logical theory that says that you have like one concept, you all, are always, it's always going to arise, what will always arise is a, is a negating concept or, or an opposite concept um, that stands in contrast to the thesis, so that's the antithesis. And Historically, as they battle out, they combine to form a synthesis. And then that synthesis becomes a new thesis. And this is how the advance of history reaches this like, like peak transcendent idealism where we're basically all like spirit. Let me ask you it's this. It's like really kind of tri- – Hegel is actually kind of trippy if you can get past his like oh, – like, uh, Let me ask you this, Benny. Impenetrable language. Do you Go. think there's a point in consciousness where if you reach it, you actually start getting like more sad. Um, is there a peak, or not even just sad? Is there a, is there a level of consciousness that if you raise it at, or get to that level or anywhere past it, your life actually goes downhill, gets worse and worse? Well, no, I don't think so because uh, because God. what if you what if your consciousness transcends? If you so want to hear my well, okay, go ahead. What? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I was interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, what were you saying? Because this is an interesting topic. My point is that, so it seems like uh, geniuses are very, uh, sometimes they seem like very unhappy people. And I think it's yeah. because they're smarter than everyone they know. <laughs> and that must be really, really annoying. And so well, I wonder if you can hit a, if a, a hit a level of consciousness as a human that when it hits a certain point, you're like, oh, no, everything is utterly meaningless and I my conscience has been raised to such a level to be similar to that of a computer in the sense that computer. I can actually calculate how worthless it is as our level of consciousness now we're not advanced enough to calculate the exact level of how worthless life is so that's yeah. why we can walk around and pretend like anything matters when it doesn't oh, because whoa. the only thing that awaits us at the end of course is the howling void on the edge of town all life is meaningless I am a robot I am a human robot. Life is utterly meaningless. Meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless trash. Meaningless. This <laughs> is the final transmission of Earth 616. Um, I leave you with a message of love. Love. <laughs> that's, that's, that's deep, man. <laughs> well, I'm a pretty deep guy. Well, no, uh, I think that there is a level of consciousness that you can reach where you do become sad, but I think that that's an intermediary step. I think actually there is there is a level of like contentedness and happiness and like you know 
transcendence, I think. That, I believe that there's something like that, that you can uh, achieve that. Man, I hope so. It's kind of like Nirvana. I guess I kind of believe in Nirvana that it can be attained. I have not attained it for sure. You, but... No, I think you're about halfway there, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. No, I, I mean, I... by the end of the year. Okay. Give <laughs> by the it end of like the year. maybe six months. All right. You know what? If we get, uh, let's just say, 100 listeners. Oh, on our Patreon. On our Patreon. Patreon. We yeah, call our it. Patreon. Yeah, five bucks a month. You can you can hear Pat turns the tables and teaches me something. I teach philosophy. him a lesson about pain and love. Pain, love, comic, Dest- a lot of comic destiny. Books. <laughs> yeah, destiny, despair, delirium. <laughs> yeah, all of the endless. Yeah, all the endless. And um, yeah, so if we get 100 listeners, I will achieve Nirvana. Yes. Yeah, I will work. I will work to achieve Nirvana. We did a, a Patreon episode about Sandman. Yeah, that's right. Many moons ago. Yeah, check out um, about the comic book, obviously, because the episode was years ago. But if you pay five dollars a month, you can you get the entire back back catalog of our Patreon episodes. Also, if you live in Austin and you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, Ben will clean your home for you. <laughs> no, no, and, no, no, no. He will. And so <laughs> no, just go ahead and do that, I and I will have a cup of coffee with you while he does it, and we'll talk about. A, I'll, I'll give you a fifteen minute conversation. One topic of your choice as we drink our coffee. I prefer mine iced. Thank you. <laughs> so they provide the coffee? They provide the coffee, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I talk to them for 15 minutes. I guess if I am cleaning their homes. Yeah. Um, then, I, then I leave. All right, folks. Um, please. Yeah. <laughs> Five bucks a month. Come on, please. Um, now, but thanks for listening to the free one. Yeah, thanks for listening to the free one. Welcome all. Uh, I hope you learned something, even if Pat learns nothing. Um, hey, I'll learn. Well, okay, so let's talk about a little bit of like the structure Please. of this of this new movement called analytical philosophy. So the main thrust of analytical philosophy is kind of a rejection of idealism and this more holistic view of uh, you know uh, what what life is, what you know uh, the problems of philosophy are. Um, and they went on uh, they went a different direction where they're taking, individual philosophical problems and trying to solve them piecemeal like one at a time uh just focusing like analyzing each situation so like the problem of free will the problem of evil um you know uh the problem of like reference like how do words attain meaning um you know what actually exists out there (laughs) you know what is this universe made of um it's all kind of taken God's love, most likely in a very yes, God's love, all in a very analytical approach and a piecemeal kind of like building piece by piece up, rather than what they were rebelling against, which was more of like a, a, a top-down uh, method of like, well, we have this theory of like the universe, and we're going to try to make every every problem of philosophy kind of fit, you know? Yikes! Okay. <laughs> Does this kind of register at all? It sounds in any like way? these guys bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Well, that's what that's what basically that's kind of how analytical philosophy kind of uh, uh, approached the problems. Uh, the problem parentheses s problems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get it? <laughs> a little a little editing there <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. Why? Um, just because I think that that would clarify it a little bit. Just say problems. Well, it's problem because it's one big problem. The b- main problem is how do we tackle this pro- these problems? Well, the main problem uh, really is Maria. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get that reference. <laughs> it's, <laughs> what, what? It's, a, it's famous musical. Uh, continue. <laughs> is it West Side Story? No. Oh <laughs> no, it is, isn't it? How do you how do you solve a problem like Maria? Is that West Side Story? 
I'm going to kill you. Just go. <laughs> is it? No, just say yes or no. no. Well, what is it then? What's it's, it from it's then? The goddamn thing. I, 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 I forget, actually. <laughs> Fuck you. God damn it. Yeah, I totally thought I knew what it was. <laughs> I, realized I don't. Damn it's, it. It sounds like West Side Story. Well, then I, maybe I exposed us both. Okay. <laughs> this was so. Okay. Well, I'm glad you asked to explain the joke. <laughs> well, because I didn't get it. I don't know it. It's okay. I don't watch musicals, I loathe them. <laughs> okay. So, and <laughs> I sometimes I feel like your life is a musical. Their main their main methodology is going piecemeal, solving these things, pro, solving these problems piece by piece, like the problem of mind, mind body dualism, uh, problem of free will, problem of evil, um, the problem of uh, uh, definitions. You know, like how do you define words? Like how does like how does a word kind of cover all of these like references that we experience in our everyday lives? So there's like a linguistic turn to it, whether analyzing the language itself that's like a main characteristic of analytical philosophy yeah i guess we and, do kind of take for granted that people know what we're talking about yeah that's kind of like part of it yeah that's what they're saying is that the the um the idealists that they were that that were teaching them at, at cambridge and oxford or uh uh oxbridge as they like to call it that's what, what? they call that's that's like a slang slang kind of slang term for just like the the elite like universities of of uh, England, sort of like you know Ivy League here, they have they Ox Oxbridge, Oxbridge, because it's a combination. It's a a portmanteau, my good man. Um, mm. <laughs> you should know that as an English major. I know what that word is. <laughs> Do you? You weren't. <laughs> I thought. You know what's funny? What? I genuinely thought that you might be a little impressed if <laughs> if I used that word. Why? And you I just mean... rolled your eyes at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you were like cause... I don't know because it's like a it's like an English term. Yeah, but so... you but you, you said my man after you said it, which means you're clearly drawing attention to your sense you're saying. You just rolled it. You did not give me the satisfaction. Because I don't get impressed when people use words. I just go okay. He's using words I understand. I get I get thrilled when people use like a really obscure word just casually. Oh really? Yeah, there was someone I was speaking to who like. Use some fucking like SAT SAT ass word that like yeah like I think they said like jejun or something and I jejun and they used it correctly. Do you know what that word means? No, it means like yellow, but also kind of like innocent or like ignorant in like an ingenue kind of way. So it's very specific okay. meaning jejun. Um, <laughs> and they said it and they like used it correctly, and I was like, whoa. That's odd. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I, I was like, yeah, just like casual conversation. A lot of times I was just people like, do nice. that. People do that. I almost want to high five them. <laughs> sometimes when people do that, I think to myself, like, I wonder if that's like a like a word they just like. That's that's also probably what's going saw, on. And they're like, I can't wait to use this word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if like their heart rate goes up when it's they like, when they're like in a situation where they can be like, fuck, here it is. It's like it's like it's the alley oop. I got it. Gaffigan I gotta get it. Yeah. had a bit years ago about that about people who just. After they read a book, they just immediately want to bring up their book in conversation with people. Yeah. Yeah, like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You just learned something and you're like, well, that's cool. I can't wait to say this in a sentence to some rube. <laughs> we all have no idea what I'm saying. They'll be like, hey, can you explain that? <laughs> but nope, not to Benny C. No. He's got you shut down, wordsmith. <laughs> hey, wordsmiths of the world. Who are you, you yelling at? nothing on Ben. <laughs> uh, the wordsmiths. I'm yelling at that guy who tried to impress you with his stupid words. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I didn't feel attacked. I was impressed. I know. I was like, it's a brother. It's a, it's, it's a, brother a word of brother. A word a bro brother? Yeah, a brother of words. A brother of words. A <laughs> 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 monsieur du bellet. <laughs> I bet you are. Okay. 
Fuck, man. You yeah. still have kind of a lot. We'll go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what? One of the main components of, of analytical philosophy was again they're going piecemeal, uh, problem by problem, and they're inch trying to inch. and they're trying to analyze it using uh, logical methods, like purely logical methods that were introduced through mathematics by this guy named Gottlob Frege. Okay, um, and we've talked about him before. Gottlob Frege. Gottlob? Gottlob. That's his name. You had the same reaction How? the first time I brought him up. Well, that's a bizarre <laughs> and frankly unnecessary name. Gottlob Frege. Um, hated Jews, by the way. Oh, um, Gottlob. He was a big anti-Semite. But, um, uh, but he did, unfortunately, he uh, contributed a very like important part of uh, like modern logical theory and, or like logic as, as it's taught uh, with, as like a branch of philosophy. Um, and that was like predicate logic and um, sort of analyzing. This is so funny because this sounds like very Clinton-esque, but like a main thing was analyzing the different ways that the word is is used oh, in, sure. in English. Yeah, like another you know, Socrates move. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, but it is used very, in, very differently. Like there is a hyena there. Uh, you are sad. Uh, and there's like another example, but I can't remember right now. Um, but those are the, the, the verb to be, you know, and it's conjugation, you know, am, are, is, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, that's used in very different senses. So like they're trying to map out like an ideal language. This is what Frege's project was kind of, uh, of trying to break down language using purely like, uh, logical distinctions and categories. So like he would have different notations for the different types of is that you're using, right? Like there exists, or it's a it's a statement of identity. <laughs> you're like staring at me, like what the fuck? Yeah, I want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> but do you at least understand that there is different ways that you use the verb to be? Sure. You understand, like it's diff completely different senses. You know that the different senses are like you are sad, you are annoyed. You know? Yes, I, I know what the senses are. Okay, right. As opposed to like there are hyenas outside. You know. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> there are wolves at the door, Ben. Exactly. Ben, these are the winter years. Okay, and the wolves are, and I don't mean this metaphorically, literally at the door of my apartment, and I don't know what they want or how they keep finding me because I moved to a new place, and the wolves keep finding me. And if maybe, I don't know what like a, a wolf expert is called, if you're a wolfologist or, or, or even just like a really strong doctor, uh, if you could help me out with this my, my wolf problem, I would greatly appreciate it because I, I would like to, you know, go out for food at some point <laughs> and I can't. Because there's wolves. Yeah, <laughs> wolves at the door. At <laughs> what the did door. you call it? The wolf years? The winter years. The winter years. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all different colors. There's a red wolf. There's a black wolf. There's a white wolf. There's a rainbow wolf. Uh, a fierce ass. Really one. It's crazy, man. It's just nuts. Just a violent one? Yes. <laughs> it's just a psychopathic violent one? Yes. Um, this as is a fierce ram as fierce can be. A rampage one. <laughs> It just rampages. <laughs> so I really do need help with the wolves. If anyone, um, yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> well, we need to talk about logical atomism. All right. Uh, this is uh, one of the first uh, inchoate theories. There's another SAT word. Inchoate. Inchoate theories. Uh, uh, kind of like a metaphysical theory of like reality 
and the world that was developed by uh, Bertrand Russell and an early supporter was Wittgenstein. And Wittgenstein kind of took this and ran with it when he published uh, the Tractatus Logico Philosophicus. Wow, that's like the name of his first book. The it's called what? The Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, <laughs> which he wrote in the Did, trenches okay, okay. of World War One. This is not going to mean anything to you, <laughs> okay. but that sounds like it was written by cannabis. That is something that the rapper Cannabis would say in one of his raps. <laughs> Again, it means nothing to you, but to the, okay, that's a that's a deep cut. Yeah, to the five uh, like backpack rapper fans that we have listening or whatever, <laughs> like, they're probably like, "Oh, good one, Pat." Tractatus Logical Philosophicus. Yeah, that okay. That, yeah, he always raps about just like science and like stars and stuff. It's bizarre. Okay. That's uh, his name is Cannabis. So he sounds like he's Can just a guy I who loves. We talked about him in a podcast episode. We talked about him and the LL Cool J beef. Oh, okay, man, that was that's four, three, two, one. <laughs> what do you say to I that? I don't remember. Well, you know what? You don't remember any of the philosophy I teach you. Yes. Well, I don't remember that beef. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to that. Well, one. and I have to say that it's it's as important as <laughs> no, philosophy. It's not. So. Logical atomism, developed by Bertrand Russell, supported at first by uh, Wittgenstein. Basically, it's this theory. It says that there there are no like ideas or transcendent concepts. Okay, they're trying yes, to get there they're, are. they're trying to be grounded in a more materialistic or not materialistic but materialist uh, like science based uh, 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 like theory of reality. They're basically trying to like revamp a theory of reality because they don't like the one that that's being. Uh, proposed by their teachers, the idealists. So let's okay. revamp the idea of reality. Well, these, I'll say this about these guys: they got some stones on them. They got they, they actually had some stones because this was like the overwhelming tradition in British philosophy up until them, and they actually completely like uh, it's sort of a revolution. They completely like unseated them, um, and uh, yeah, like so they the had some stones. Democrats this coming midterm, right? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. The red wave. I really, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, this sounds so cynical, but I'm just like so tired, like just really exhausted by politics. It's really sad, actually. It kind of bums me out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to get real for a second. Go I ahead just and get feel, real. I just Benny? feel so Welcome back to getting real fucking powerless. Yes. And like these people are just completely insane. Everyone. Yeah. Like completely out of touch with like 300 million people. <laughs> yeah, there's a Is lot of people. 435, 535 people yeah. are just completely disengaged from the, the 300 million plus rest of the country that they're supposed to govern. They have no idea how to fucking like lead this place. So what should we do? I don't know. Sherlock for president? <laughs> I don't know. No. Fuck. Why not? I don't know, man. Good. It probably will. I hope it ends in some sort of revolution that happens peacefully, but probably won't. <laughs> probably won't be I, peaceful. No, no, oh no, there there won't be any peaceful. <laughs> There's. I don't think anyone would like a, this. This government needs a total restructuring somehow, and the, and it has to be economically like based. Like it needs to be. The wealth needs to be spread. We need to kill some billionaires. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm saying that on this podcast. Well, it's should maybe we, just, guys, we don't have to kill them, but we have to at least take their money. Well, <laughs> somehow. We, maybe we should kill them. I think you're I think you're onto something here. I wouldn't be mad if they got killed. I learned nothing says behead anyone who makes more than $175,000 a year. No, 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 no. no. Cuz like there's there's enough people who are still decent. Who make that amount of money? I don't care. I want their money. You're dead. I think just like no, just like fucking 
terminate, however you want to take that, that terminate. word. Terminate the leading billionaires and redistribute their resources. Okay. Liquidate all of their resources and distribute it across the public. Let me ask you this, though. How much, Anyone who makes more than a billion. What's, like, the mathematics of that? Like, what would that, like, give someone? Like, like that, like just like if you're just like, dude. I mean, out, I think everyone would get redistributed some of these billionaires' money. How this much is, money is that actually? This is a wild guess, wild, wild guess. But I would guess that like everyone, every single person in the United States could get at least fifty thousand bucks. Okay. At least. Hey, that ain't nothing. And also that, and there would still be leftover cash for social programs, and infrastructure. Man, if I suddenly woke up tomorrow and they were like, "Hey." We're all the billionaires. We had a change of heart. Here's 50 grand. I'd be like... 50 grand. 50, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Five zero. Five zero. If that happened, um, I'd be honest with you, Ben. I'd be pretty pleased. I'd be fucking... I'd love that. I'd be one pleased, I'd be like, Patrick. that's... And that's that's the first step. We're not finished yet. Oh, we're not? We're, ah, Ben! Well, when is enough for you? Okay. Well, we're not finished. What I meant What I meant at that time was... was uh, yeah, we're not finished with our social reprogramming. But let's talk about the reprogramming that <laughs> Bertrand Russell... Of people's minds, man. Of people's minds, yeah. Um, I swear, we're almost done here. <laughs> this is only the first part of this battle royale. Oh, right, I forgot. Yeah, there's, oh. another, there's another fucking chapter in this. Of course there is. There always which is. I think that you're going to find a little more fun. Um, but logical atomism, let me get through this. Okay. Uh, logical atomism is this kind of metaphysical theory that says, essentially, that the world, quote-unquote, which is basically like our experience and like whatever is causing that experience um uh whatever is like the outside source of like our experience um is so in a, in a way bertrand russell was taking for granted the idea that that we're not a brain in a vat that we actually exist in a, in an objective world that has like other entities in in them okay um what they're saying is that uh, the world is made up of facts. Fundamentally, they're made up of facts. Okay? okay. The world as we perceive it, the world as we encounter it, is made up of facts. And facts, your world. facts are basically like long strings of like predicates, basically of subject predicates. It's like this thing is over there. Uh, you know, my wife is sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife is wanting. Yeah, my wife is wanting. Um, you know, that flag is exactly like these dimensions. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, You're talking about I am hungry. Objective truth. Yeah, objective truth. These are all. But your wife. These being are all composed. Yeah, my wife being sad. These are all composed of facts. I love my sad wife. And facts are made up of even smaller, what they call atomic facts, which are basically just <laughs> entities. Entities. They're basically like. <laughs> So, I just think of an atomic wedgie. Yeah, an atomic fact. It's the atomic wedgie. Of at atomic facts are basically these like micro components of reality. Are basically composed of entities and uh, actions or operators that act on these entities, and they combine to make like pre you know uh, subject predicate uh, facts, and those facts are what compose the world. That's sort of like a rough outline of what logical atomism is. Um, the facts. That control the world. Yeah, the facts that control the world. And so these are all basically uh, one of the main uh, stipulations of this theory is that these facts have to be in some way, or this is one interpretation of it, these facts have to be in some way scientifically verifiable. And any like uh, uh, statements or, or, or proposed facts or proposed propositions, uh, if they can't be scientifically verified in some way, uh, then they're considered nonsense. 
uh, so like statements like um, you know murder is wrong or uh, there is a god or um, Pat you know, rules Pat rules that's actually one that would be one one statement that would be considered nonsense um, because what because it's a value judgment or but I'm pretty cool it's a value statement and they're saying that value statement have value statements have no role in a world of facts. Okay, so they're excluded as like components of the world. Okay. All right. So like when you say murder is wrong, right? You know the concept of wrongness or goodness or rule rulesness. You know, if someone rules or not, the property of ruling. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would, okay. Yeah. I, was, I don't even know how you would even put that. Yeah. The property of ruling, <laughs> ruling hard. <laughs> I'm a hard ruler. That's a yeah. That's a value judgment that exists outside of the world of facts. So it's considered nonsense. Okay, this is a very kind of rough, definite, rough description of this theory. Awesome. And this, and an extreme theory. I would, I would call it an extreme theory of this. Uh, a, a extreme version of this theory is what's called logical positivism, which was this theory that was composed by a group of what? <laughs> a group of of philosophers in Vienna called the Vienna Circle. Okay. Okay. So they took the idea of logical atomism and ran with it and basically I, I kind of just described it to you uh they like jettisoned any uh any like they jettisoned any like work or or like thought on um on uh like value judgments like aesthetic aesthetic uh values ethical values uh ethical statements metaphysical statements things that can't be verified scientifically they just like cast it cast it aside and said it's all nonsense okay okay so um, that's like an extreme version, and that was proposed by the Vienna Circle, and they also are taking their cue from Wittgenstein's Tractatus Logical Philosophicus, which is basically oh, kind of right. like it's like the uh, the like Communist Manifesto for logical atomism. Okay. Um, but they took it like very literally, where uh, Wittgenstein actually sort of rebuked the, the Vienna Circle later on, because he th he saw later on his later philosophy he saw statements of value like you know. Uh, God is good, Allahu Akbar, uh, Pat rules, you know, uh, you know. The, oh, I thought you were going to say that in Arabic. Yeah, this painting is beautiful, you know. <laughs> I didn't know you would say that. Allahu, Allahu Akbar. No, that's, no, well, that's God is great, actually. I know, but I thought when you said Pat rules, I thought you were going to translate it just like you Oh, yeah, in Arabic? Arabic. You gonna, you're searching that right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm going to look it up right Pat now. Pat rules in Arabic. Okay, you should get that tattooed. That might be cool. Oh, that is kind of a funny idea. So yeah, I know that, like, it's... It, <laughs> It's lame to get like Chinese characters, but like when it comes to like like cool looking calligraphy tattoos, I always lo I love the like Arabic script. I think that shit looks fucking wild. Yeah, it's, it's very. Uh, it looks cool as hell. Okay, um, in Arabic. Well, I don't really know how to pronounce this. Oh, it should say it should have like a. Here we go. Okay. Oh, I do better. Oh, I do better. Say it again. Heck yes, I do. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, um, ma'am, what do you think about me? <laughs> no, don't. Oh, I do better. <laughs> okay. So, uh, hey, why do you think I get all the girls? Oh, I do better. <laughs> this is so obnoxious, Pat. Okay, <laughs> listen, we're almost done here. Okay. Um, so, logical positivism. <laughs> 
it was it was a school of thought that that gained a lot of prominence oh. in the 20s and 30s um and sort of fizzled out uh okay. and then after the war you sort of saw this tradition of like what's called ordinary language philosophy which took it also took its cue from wittgenstein but more on his later philosophy which was like about um uh like how people use certain terms uh in everyday in everyday language and uh kind of inducing from that what like higher more abstract philosophical terms might mean uh and it's like very focused on like meaning rather than like the meaning of language uh as philosophically important as opposed to like uh any sort of transcendent reality Mm. um you know i was yeah recently i was reading about this this philosophical concept uh it's hard to say it in english in arabic it's um What does that mean? Ben is a real jerk. <laughs> okay, fuck off, man. Why? <laughs> All right, so last thing, I'm just going to r- wrap up these last few things. Uh, give you some examples of how analytic philosophy is practiced today. Um, they do. They are now taking seriously, more seriously. Uh, they've moved away from like the extreme... Uh, like you know, verifiability turn okay. of the Vienna Circle and logical positivism. It fucking that that one's hard to say. Logical positivism. Um, what about this concept? <laughs> fucking goddamn it, Pat. <sighs> what does that mean? In Saudi Arabia, it's how you say Ben is not a good person. <laughs> okay, because I can't curse, so I have to find. <laughs> Oh, did we, have we cursed? I actually told completely. You cursed this entire time. And <laughs> no, I, I haven't really. Of course you have. You weren't trying to. <laughs> you didn't even try. You made I absolutely you know, no I'll, I'll be honest. As soon as we said that, as soon as we did that, now I owe you like ten, 20 bucks, yep. right? Fuck. As ben, soon as I work with kids sometimes. I know how to not curse. <laughs> as soon as we made that bet, I immediately forgot it. Oh, that's fine. I immediately forgot because I was like trying to focus on this stuff. Yeah. Um, you're just, you're just so, so dedicated God damn it! Work. <laughs> um, Anyone listening would know. That I am. I took. I took, no I took to notes it. here. Um, okay, so they, they've they've started to kind of take seriously uh, these uh, uh, these statements of philosophy that uh, are are closer to, to the sphere of value judgments and like you know uh, subjective response uh, judgments. Okay. Um, and so you can see this in like philosophy of religion. Uh, there's like a lot of like new takes on, uh, the idea of free will, uh, how God, like they analyze the concepts of like how God can, uh, you know, distribute justice or how can he be just if, uh, this is just us, this just us. Um, (laughs) how can he like distribute justice, uh, the way a God should, you know, if we're understanding him to be omnibenevolent, right? Uh, how can he distribute justice if he already knows, how can he distribute justice fairly if he already knows what we're going to do because he's omniscient, right? Yeah. And does that, does that negate the idea of free will? Yeah. Okay. So like analytic philosophers really kind of get into the nitty gritty of all of those terms. Like what is, what does free will amount to? Like, what is it really? How does it affect us? Um, you know, is God ultimately just, you know, can, does, does God have to be omnibenevolent? All those three things. He could be a fucking maniac like Zeus. So, you know, <laughs> there's the thing I was saying earlier about your consciousness raising and then you kind of becoming more unhappy. Yeah. Is I think we, I think that the reason our consciousness doesn't, well, first of all, it just hasn't gotten there. It hasn't gotten there, but I don't think um, 
the any, noosphere. I don't think anyone's any alien species uh, consciousness can ever get to that level because I feel like we're at in our level of it, like humans. <clears throat> We're right before we become so smart that we die, because it's like we're we're so close to being there. There's this because you're because you're going okay. So there's the problem of evil. There's all, there's all these ways that we're logically showing that there's no logic we're, or rhyme or reason. We're at anything. a wall. We've hit a wall. Yeah, we hit a wall, then we die, and so like that's why no one it, gets there. To to explore um to explore other like galaxies. And we stuff, just annoy to, like, ourselves to death. I mean, a little bit. So there's actually there's a there's this really interesting video. There's actually just a YouTube video, but it's really oh, is really it, uh, good. My act? No, <laughs> just a really interesting video. Yeah, if you want to get murdered, if you want to if you want to die. And that... what's the deal <laughs> with the, with the demonetization of this video? Hello, that sucks. Um, no, COVID nineteen isn't real. There there is a a YouTube video on this channel. It's actually a really great channel. I recommend it. Uh, called Kurtzgazatz. And it's like, what? and they they do they they post videos of like really kind of like kind of trippy like cosmic topics. And one of them is this thing called like I think it's like the Great Wall or sort of the Big Wall, uh, where he talks about exactly what you said about how there's we've kind of plateaued on a consciousness in 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 terms of like our consciousness and like you know our 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 ethics our society. I mean, we've definitely plateaued. I'd even say are probably starting to 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 see a dip. Like oh, a, it, we are like dip, a, dip, diving so socializing. Like, I'm really worried that we're going to hit maybe a new dark age and a lot of shit is going to collapse soon. <laughs> like, it's going to be horrific, I think. Like, and I don't think it's going to lead to the end of the human race, but it's going to be a very, very, like, traumatizing time. Well, there's still going to be money or in power, so... There's going to be money in power why, and groups and That's why we're never going to fully destroy ourselves, I don't think. I mean, because unless we, like, really can... nuke ourselves, which is still a possibility. Yep. Um, <laughs> that would be a mistake. Yeah. I think, yeah, right. It would be a mistake. Like, like they would do it by accident. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I, yeah, I know what you mean. Too much money be made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we don't want to like destroy ourselves. I mean, even even like I don't know, Ben. Maybe I want to destroy myself just to feel. I mean, something. what's what I think is really sad. <laughs> what I think is really and really haunting to me. What? And God, I'm sorry to like bum everyone out to go, going into this, but this okay. is this is Ben's Ben's apocalyptic Ben's theories. Bum out hour. Bum out hour. Yeah. What I'm really worried is going to happen is that society is going to is going to very slowly just not collapse but disintegrate, um, and and you know the majority of the human population I think is going to become just kind of like trudging through life more and more miserably. That you're going to see, I, I think like a big like die off is going to come from suicides, just straight suicides, hmm. like people who just can't handle their position in life and they're just like so just downtrodden, depressed, and like. You know, hopeless. Well, rent keeps going up. <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many, there's yeah. so many shit. I mean, like, you're seeing all these walkouts. I saw a fucking like TikTok of this one like uh, Starbucks location in California where like all of the workers just like fucking walked out because one of their one of their fucking uh, coworkers was fired for like trying to start a union. Oh, and it's just like yeah. you see this, you see this happening a lot. Like, people are just like kind of fed up. Yeah, they're like this fucking sucks. Ben and I are in the I Learn Nothing Union. There is a union. Yeah, there is a union. Yeah, two man union. <laughs> the the island island thirteen local. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we are 
so corrupt. <laughs> like, yeah. not even close. So, so corrupt, yeah. <laughs> like, to the point where it's crazy that we even bother to act like we weren't. Like, yeah. like we drew up a charter and stuff like that, but, like, we don't listen to anything. Yeah, we don't listen to that shit. That money goes straight into me and Ben's pockets. <laughs> We've been dipping into your dental plans. Sorry, guys. For generations. Yeah, the <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa of podcast... <laughs> Union members. I yeah. Don't know. Well, okay. So we're almost done. So uh, there's like a, you know philosophy of religion from an analytical perspective. It's like kind of like dissecting uh, these like problems. Like what? Like you know what is God? What does God represent? How you know what is his manifestation? What is he composed of or constituted from? Um, you know what is free will? Is it an action? Is it? Um, <laughs> I can see you fighting a yawn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's all right, man. <laughs> There's, um, okay, so that's like analytical philosophy of religion, analytical philosophy of ethics. Uh, there's like a huge turn towards meta ethics, which is like kind of the questions of like, you know, why be ethical? Like, you know, what, what, what role does ethics play in our lives and is it a legitimate role at all? Um, you know, Nietzsche is one is one major example that's brought up of someone who sort of bucked the trend of like just assuming that people should be ethical and that no. like you should kind of pursue your own individual values. Um, and uh, that's a very, very like kind of like reductive uh, take on, on Nietzsche's philosophy. But listen to our other episodes to get more in depth. I don't think stuff. so. I think you nailed it. <laughs> and I think you did it succinctly, frankly. To the well, point, and there's really no other questions anyone could have. I, okay, well, there's you know? that in, in analytical, uh, ethical philosophy. There's also uh, uh, a big trend is applied ethics, which is like you take analytical methods and analytical practice towards uh, like specific social and like ethical problems like abortion, the abortion debate. Yes. Um, like that's where you get the... the um, uh, the violinist. views on that are a little out there. Say that. <laughs> well, no. Well, you get like, you know... Uh, ben thinks that the, that abortion should be legal like even before you even have sex. It's like really bizarre. Well, that's what it would be kind of. I mean, like if you're not pregnant, it doesn't. It doesn't the law doesn't apply to you. No, but Ben is like... I mean, I am very pro-choice. Yeah, so pro-choice that it's before there's any kind of even physical contact between yeah. two people. And and your holiness, if you're listening and we know you are. All right. Stop yeah. hiding. Come on. <laughs> Come know, on the show and debate me. Debate debate Pat. <laughs> you coward. I'm calling you a coward in front of the entire Catholic I re- nation. <laughs> remember when you thre- when you challenged a few episodes ago, I can't remember which one, but you challenged oh. Richard Dawkins to a debate. To debate me, you coward. You tweeted at him. Yeah, yeah, you said, debate me, coward. Well, he never, and he didn't even respond. <laughs> he never responded. What a jerk. You should see if you can find that tweet. You'd have to scroll so far. No, I could just probably search for it. Oh, okay, yeah. Debate me, coward. <laughs> It'd be funny if you found out that he blocked you. Yeah. I think if, like, I, if, oh, I wow. was, uh, if I was like a famous person uh, and I had a Twitter, I would just, if anyone had anything slightly negative to say, I would just block them immediately. I'd be like, nope. Yeah, fuck off. That's what I'm I not going to have a debate with you about this, about why <laughs> I'm not terrible. I'm just going to block you. Um, okay. Now, uh, right, applied ethics. Uh, so, you know, w- there's talk about not just like the abortion debate, but also like global warming. Uh, that's where you get a lot of like ethical debates and analysis of issue, issues that like, I, you know, I hadn't even thought of before. Um, but, you know, through reading this when I was in college at Princeton University, yep. uh, when I was studying this stuff, this is like, I, I remember like when this, the, this kind of concept occurred to me, but it's like, 
the idea of uh, future generations, and it kind of ties into the question of like the legitimacy of you being born, like the ethics of like having a, a child, you know, bringing a human consciousness into the world. Like that was like actually one of the things that I wrote my <laughs> my like college essays about is yeah. like the idea of you have no consent in being born. You're like, you know, you're brought into existence without your consent. So and you're, t you're like, telling and me that you're... Except for you. You're the only person who has to be born. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to say, you're telling me that you went to Princeton University to write a version of, I didn't ask to be born, mom and dad. A little bit. A little bit. But not, okay. not, in, such a, not in such a teenage way. I don't know. It seems a little teenage. <laughs> no, it's just an analyzing it like objectively, just kind of getting an objective view on it, which is like, well, there's no, there's no consent to being born, so it's something that's thrust upon you. Right? How many times did you have to but it's edit... Something what? How many times did you have to edit out the, the phrase mom and dad at the end of those sentences? <laughs> like the people, like you had like someone look at it just to make sure it made sense and they were like, you keep, you keep they saying, crossed it yeah. out and you're like, oh, like you keep thinking you got all of them, but like, nope. Yeah, yeah, there's always one left. You're so mad at mom and dad. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so you think about that and then the responsibility that mom and dad has yeah. for that life that they're bringing up, you know, like is that ethically linked? Like we kind of take for granted that it is in our, in our species. Right. And it's, and what's weird is to think about is that this value judgment of like the idea that, that parents, the biological mother and father, and I, I know it's not always the case. That's not like, you know, socially how we define a family necessarily, but biologically speaking, at least there's a mother and a father, sure. right? They produce, a new consciousness, a new consciousness into the earth that will be subject to all the pleasures and pains of existence. I was about to say, they, out of thin air they do this, but actually it's through... No, 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 it's through a sperm and an egg. Yeah, it's prolonged actually, yeah, intercourse. Yeah, right, it's actually Hopefully very cellular. Prolonged. Yeah. Hopefully prolonged for the ladies. For the ladies. <laughs> it's called getting pregnant for the ladies. It's, what it is is Ben and I have a, a series, a video series out called Getting Pregnant for the Ladies. No, and ew, what it is, dude, no. Is it, I shows, disavow this. it shows like the, the different ways that you get the most <laughs> sensual pleasure while actually... Uh, you know, introducing new new life into this yeah, beautiful so, world. Yeah, so like the highest percentage of <clears throat> pleasure and probability of getting pregnant. That's what me and Ben have. It's this called is our seminar. Getting pregnant for the ladies. <laughs> getting pregnant and for the ladies. And then in parentheses, it says um, intercourse stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Getting pregnant for the ladies, dude. I think it's a hit. I think people are going because look, maybe women who are trying to get pregnant, they're also trying to, you know, get off. I know? mean, yeah, why not? Bonus, you know. And that's the that's what we, that's our pitch. That's our elevator pitch. Ugh. We we go into the, to the to like the company, the book company, and we and that's why I say to them, I go, what if you're a lady and you want to get pregnant and get off? I say it exactly <laughs> like that, and then we're kicked out so fast. Yeah. Because <laughs> they look at us and like, there's no way they know what they're talking about. We book about. a conference room. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, we'll. Th I'll think about it. Um, pregnancy for the ladies. <laughs> getting pregnant for the ladies. Getting pregnant for the ladies. Yeah. All right. Um, just the last couple things. So, 
Um, oh, let me finish up this thought. So one ethical problem is especially having to do with climate change and future generations. And we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode uh, about like Derek Parfitt's, the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Repugnant Conclusion. Derek Parfitt's. De Derek Parfitt. <laughs> Derek Parfitt is my favorite philosopher, Uncle Pat. <laughs> Yeah, you should tell Ryan that that Derek Parfitt. Make him read Derek Parfitt. Sure, I will. It's fucking extremely dense. He's a little dense too. But the gist of his of his philosophy, and he's an analytical philosophy too, very much so. His his tactics and his his like methodology is very analytical. Um, but he kind of thinks about the idea of like future generations living under the consequences of, of climate change and our responsibility to those future generations. So technically we like he's kind of analyzing the idea of like do we have a responsibility to people who do not exist? Potential people. I don't know. And <laughs> to answer your question. Well that, I mean he's kind of starts with that with that answer. He says, well I don't know. And he's like, well his response is like, well let's think about it. <laughs> Like the way that, like you know, we sort of assume in our species Just that think that that parents, yeah, <laughs> Limp Biscuit. So okay, that's the song at the end. Of oh the no, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> no, no, no. I I got one. Don't worry. Oh good. Um, your, so your, your choices are always so great. Oh fuck you. Well thought out. <laughs> it's always something dumb. No, it's Never not. Never an actual. I swear song. it's not gonna be a dumb one this time. Okay. Um, it's not gonna be dumb. It's not gonna be dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. Um, so let me just get through this. Okay. Uh, so th that's basically like one like ethical uh, uh, conundrum that is dealt with in a in an analytical framework. Okay. Because um, he's like you know talking about the cost benefit analysis of like you know uh, uh, performing one action versus another, and he's sort of like uh, uh, like goes through these different alternatives like very very. Uh, granularly let's say okay enjoy that term um so uh that's like you know ethics uh there's you know also kind of like a, a um a, a lot of work being done on like uh analytical aesthetics um but the main one one of my favorites is that, and we talked about this guy as well uh, there's an analytical philosopher named um uh Gettier. um i can't remember his first name exactly hold on i can get that coco Coco Gettier. Yeah, that's his name. He's known just, as Coco. <laughs> he just loved... It's Edmund. His name is Edmund Gettier. Edmund, Edmund Gettier. Yeah. Um, and... Hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, look. He's a, he's a good-looking guy. Is he? <laughs> yeah, kind of. He looks like a fucking like, 40s movie star. <laughs> he looks like a country singer from like the... Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. <laughs> so like, oh, you know what he looks like? What? He looks like a photograph Edmund where it's Gettier? like... It's, it's like when you watch a... Excuse me, a documentary about some outlaw country guy or whatever. Uh -huh. There's always like a photograph of them, like not quite old but not quite young, just right before they like they blew up. Right, like they just got out of the military. Yeah, so they're dressed <laughs> like formally, but yeah. you're like they had the look of madness. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, okay, this person was a kind of normal person at one point, kind of, but never really. <laughs> Yeah, like pictures There's of Johnny Cash before he became famous are just unsettling because you're like, it's just you, but you're not you yet. Yeah, you're not you yet. There's like, and th that's funny because like that means that there's one point in their life that divides their life into two. Yep. <laughs> there's a turning point where they were not really anybody, and then they became 
Uh, yeah, somebody. For Elvis Presley, it'd be that first. Uh, <laughs> That's all right, Mama. That first uh, recording they put out that like blew everything up. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right with you. All right, so so Edmund. Gettier. I don't know why my my Elvis sounds like Bootsy Collins a little. That's uh, all right with you. Hey, baby, Bubba. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds much more like Bootsy Collins. Yeah, baby. It's weird that I even know that. Yeah, that is kind of <laughs> odd. Yeah, no, Elvis sounds a little bit more like this. Who told you about Bootsy Collins? I've known about Bootsy Collins. Oh, Wasn't wow. he in Parliament Fungadella? Yes, he was. Yeah, he's the bass, bass player. player. Yeah, I know about him. For James Brown, a little bit too. Yeah, before he became like this flamboyant like star man. Oh. I know Bootsy Collins. Okay. You are no Bootsy Collins. <laughs> Bootsy Collins is a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, okay. So Gettier, we talked about him, but just like a quick revamp. And then this will wrap it up. And um, we're going to do Continental Philosophy next. Um, that's going to be a wild ride. Um, but Gettier, he disrupted the entire tradition going back like 2,000 years of uh, the like consensus epistemological theory of like, what how do we know things what what you know what how how does a belief that we have how does it count as knowledge what makes it knowledge rather than just an opinion or a belief okay and traditionally it was three things it was um uh what was it let me see da, da, da. um Give me un segundo. Well, Ben, while you're looking, <laughs> yeah. it will we'll take this time to remind everyone, please <laughs> join the Catholic Church. This is this uh, is a Catholic ben podcast. Ben and I do have our, we'll say disagreements uh, with the Pope on, on a few yeah, things, a few minor holiness. things, kind of venial things. But other than that, not really, though. <laughs> we are in 100 percent communion with the uh, the Catholic Church. And yeah. we, uh, we're a different right of the Catholic Church from now until November 25th, we are accepting converts to the Catholic Church. This is the yeah. your last time of 2022 to convert to Catholicism. Please. <laughs> you have until November 20, 25th. We're not taking any converts after that. Why November 25th? It, it's just what they decided this year. I don't know. So <laughs> go get your certificates in because they, as long as you're, as long as it's in by then, you can convert. But you gotta get your forms in by November twenty fifth of this year. Don't forget the twenty dollar fee. The process. It's a twenty dollar fee, and you're not going to be able to sign up again until at least mid April next year. So just please. Yeah, it works on a semester. It basis. takes a long time to do. Yeah, it takes yeah. a long time to do. So <laughs> join us in holiness. Join us in the light. Okay, so let me let me get through this. So Edmund Gettier, he he kind of disrupted, overturned. 2,000 years of a beautiful epistemological tradition, which basically says, it, it, it basically contends that uh, justified true belief is knowledge, okay? So knowledge is composed of three things, according to this old school theory. It's, it has to be a belief, like a, a belief about, like, you know, the objective world, you know? Um, like, I believe that Pat is sitting in that chair, okay? That has to be a belief in my mind. It has to be true, and it has to be justified in some way, okay? And one way to justify it is like, well, I'm using my sense perception to tell me that you are positioned in that in this 3D space, okay? Okay, so that's the justification for it. And if it's actually true, it has to be objectively true, which it is. It is for okay. the so which you can confirm. We, I, I, I confirm that I'm definitely sitting down right now. I guess the real yeah. tragedy of, of this episode is that, and really of just auditory, um, you know, forms of entertainment in general is that. The listening audience, they'll 
never know for sure if I actually am really sitting down right now. We well, could be lying. Well, no, the, but that's the thing is that they would know, according to this theory, through a, through a different process of justification. They're they're taking my testimony. But we could be we're we, we're I could be liars. lying. We've but, lied but, on the show before. But the thing is, is I'm going to spoil it for you. It is objectively true that you are sitting in that chair right now. I mean, I, I, yes, I am. But if you're listening, we could both. We could be winking at each other as we're doing this. Like, I could be standing up right now and saying, I'm sitting down. Sure. Okay. So, well, this gets to the heart of the issue, actually. Because, like, do the they know? If they, the if they believe, according to this theory, they meet all the criteria. They believe, if they, you know, they believe that you're sitting in the chair right now. It is true that you are in this one, situ in this one uh, situation. instance, situation. And they're justified in believing it by my testimony. Uh, I'm hoping that they trust me. That that would be, uh, if they trust me, then that would be justification. Okay. Now. Yeah, I think I lie on this podcast way more than you do. But the thing is, so he brings up the idea that this is not necessarily knowledge. I'm not going to get into the details of that because it's going to be really kind of like getting in the weeds. But he's basically says that like, that's not necessarily true. Okay. Because you could like, well, just listen to the Gettier episode. <laughs> Because we already talked about this. Okay. But he, like, disrupted this whole idea of, like, is is justified true belief knowledge? And he's saying that, no, not necessarily. There's some extra component to knowledge that's sort of ineffable. Uh, or at least it hasn't been defined yet. I'll leave you with this. Like me in high school. Yeah. Ineffable. <laughs> ineffable. Yeah. That's what they call me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Benny, no Fs. I'll leave you with this, though. What's funny about Gettier, he wrote this in a three-page article. So this... Uh, this he brought up this problem basically blew up the foundations of epistemology which is the study of do you know what that is epistemology yeah it's a study of uh words no it's a study of knowledge oh i was thinking of uh <laughs> etymology yeah yeah no. <laughs> okay epistemology is the study of 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 god damn it you almost made me do it epistemology is the study of language or how we know things how do we justify knowledge? How do we like? How how do we make this this uh, sort of like logical connection uh, between us and our minds and the objective world that we encounter and interact with? That's the epistemology. So he upset the entire foundations of that, with, like the going theory that we had at the time in a three-page article that he wrote, I think in like 1961 or 1962. And here's what's funny: he only wrote the article because he was like he was at risk of losing his tenure because he wasn't publishing anything because he was like really depressed at the time. Not my tenure. So he was like, he was about to be like basically fired for not publishing because, you know, publish or perish. So he crapped out this three-page article but and he was so kind of like embarrassed by it. Like he wasn't like, he wasn't confident about it at all that he published it in like a South American uh, philosophy <laughs> journal. El that, Secreto like, de la Monde. Yeah, and he had to translate it into Spanish. Um, because he didn't want, really want anyone to read it, but it still counted as a publication, um, so he wouldn't lose his job, and it fucking blew up. <laughs> they got wind of it, like the the Anglo-American world, which, by the way, is where the majority of analytical philosophy is, is practiced. They got wind of this article, and they're like, fuck. He, like, fucked us up. He fucked this whole, like, foundation up, and now we have to rethink how we, you know, know knowledge. Dang. Yeah. How <laughs> we know knowledge. <clears throat> Yeah. And that's it. Sometimes you just need some knowledge in your life. That's all you need. Okay, so is that... That's analytical philosophy. Oh, so we have to do part two, though. So the next episode is going to be continental philosophy, my man.
Um, and that's going to be, it's, it's kind of what the name says. So basically, continent, little taste, continental philosophy is actually not that coherent of a school. Like, it's not, it doesn't have like one vision the way like analytical philosophy is. And actually, continental philosophy is termed that because it's basically, it's almost a pejorative term given by analytical philosophers. Really? Basically, continental philosophy is mostly practiced in mainland Europe, but it's also they have a method and they tackle subjects that <laughs> analytical philosophy can't be bothered with. So they just brush it aside and call it continental philosophy. Hmm. But it's actually very wide-ranging and, and uh, uh, um, varied. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Has a lot in common with this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. It's varied. very eclectic, I would say. Well, folks, thank you for listening. We're going to have part two up sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. So oh, fucking yeah. You have that to look forward to. As always, keep on thinking hard. And thank you for listening. Yeah. And the truth sucks. Yeah, it really, really, <laughs> the, the really The sea really is does. a bastard. Uh, what is it? Time is a son yeah. of a bitch. Oh, fuck, you can't say that. Yeah. And I just said fuck. <laughs> most importantly, I can say this one. If you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here is I've Been Thinking by Handsome Boy Modeling School. <laughs> and you owe me $20. I owe you $20. God damn. Sweet, sexy.
Thinking about, I've been thinking. 